Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the Yoga Plus app by Psyche Truth. The Yoga Plus app has hundreds and hundreds of videos all relating to yoga, flexibility, and advancing your practice as a yogi. Whether you're a beginner or an advanced practitioner of yoga, this app has what you need. There's 30-day programs, 14-day programs, all that are designed specially to get you from being a beginner to an advanced practitioner or kind of to accomplish whatever whatever goals you have in mind, whether it's fitness, self-care, flexibility, just getting yourself feeling better all around. So definitely check out the Yoga Plus app. We are also brought to you today by Serene Team by Psyche Truth. Serene Team is our new web application that is designed to help you get past and overcome anxiety, stress, panic attacks, and really help you find a better sense of calm, a better sense of peace, and improve your sleep as well. So check out Serene Team as well. Today's episode, we have a guest podcast host, Sean Kassam, who has been on the show before. Sean is a life coach that helps people empower themselves to take back control from anxiety and panic attacks. And he is interviewing Nadia of Nadia's Nutrition. So Nadia is a nutritionist, a personal trainer, and also a life coach. And they talk all about the mind-body connection today and how so many different aspects of your life all come down to how you can empower yourself to get past these things. So they talk about nutrition, anxiety, and a lot of other really cool holistic health approaches to how you can empower yourself. So it's a really interesting, uh, really interesting podcast. So uh, enjoy, give it a listen. And one more thing, please make sure that you leave us a review, leave us a review so that we know how we're doing. Let us know how you like this episode or if you didn't like it, let us know. All right, guys, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast. We're going to do things a little differently in this podcast. In this, in this podcast, we're going to have more of a conversation. So in this podcast, our topic is going to be mind-body connection, aligning the two for optimal health and happiness. And I have the pleasure to introduce Nadia. And uh, so Nadia, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, Um So I'm Nadia, the owner and founder of Nadia's Nutrition, and I ultimately am a health coach, a nutritionist, and life coach. So all of that tied in in the 10 years I've been in this business and industry. Um, But what I ultimately do is I coach for overall wellness. So I have clients that come to me for nutritional help based off their goals and needs, um, fitness needs, and then tie it all in with life coaching because we all need accountability when we're trying to do something new for our lifestyles. So that's what I do now. But my background has, I have a degree in nutrition. So I went to Texas Women's for that. Um, I've done clinical nutrition for a couple of years. Um, I've been a personal trainer about since I was 20 for a while. Um, So that is my background. That's that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And uh, so my name is Sean, and I help people overcome anxiety and panic attacks. And uh, interestingly enough, 
the reason why we're doing this podcast is because uh, Nadia and I started talking. And even though we kind of come from different, I would say different directions, we're addressing the same problems, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is uh, really the mind-body connection, just kind of focusing on things from like, would you say like more of a holistic perspective? Right. Because... I remember the one of the reasons why you stood out to me was the fact that you had um, a screenshot of your client saying how much, how amazing they felt, and basically, ultimately, you saved their life. And so that shocked me because I said, okay, there's obviously something with all the clients I've been working with. It's not just they're not just coming to me for nutrition and fitness health or help. They're coming to me saying, I need. I think it's nutrition I need. I think it's fitness I need. But really, I think you need some overall wellness. I think we need to talk, talk about your mind first. So uh, that's the reason why I look, uh, reached out to you, because you're specifically helping with depression and anxiety. And so I've seen a tie-in, and I'm sure yeah. you've seen a tie-in. So. <laughs> and what's interesting, though, if, even when you reached out to me, I knew who you were. Mm-hmm. Because um, for those that don't know, Nadia and I are both from the Southeast uh, Asian community. And, uh, you know, we, we typically, at least, you know, we kind of have the low-key pressure of, you know, our families wanting to become doctors or engineers and lawyers. And Nadia has been doing this for a little while. So Nadia was kind of like a highlight um, within, you know, within, I guess, just the community in general. You know, this was somebody who was focusing on wellness, on nutrition, um, on the holistic side, um, which is very different than what, you know, I guess we were kind of pressured into, which was at least what I was pressured into, which was like, you know, go towards the conventional medical route. So I had known about you before and I remember thinking, I remember thought I thought what you were doing was awesome. I actually was like a little bit low key jealous because I was like, man, I'd be super cool to do that. <laughs> yeah. But um, that's awesome. So I knew I'd known about you. So when you reached out to me, I was like, this is pretty great. The that's universe, what I knew. The universe made that happen. I actually knew I was doing pretty well. I was like, okay, well, maybe my content is getting out there. Maybe people are responding sister, because you reached out to me. My sister screenshot. I was like, he's doing something like you. I'm like, <laughs> and he's brown. <laughs> so I looked at him like, oh my gosh, this is insane. Like, um, yeah. Just the feedback your clients were talking about, you know. Then I asked you, I was like, hey, are you working with our community? Like, um, um, you know, Daisies or just anyone um, within our community? Because it is very suppressed, right? We don't talk about anxiety. We don't talk about depression. What our parents ultimately go towards is eating better. Go go inside the gym. Like Mm. telling their parents or their kids, don't eat this much. You're going to get fat. Or go to the gym. You're going to lose weight. It's always been like a black and white for our community. So once I saw you opening up and being vulnerable and opening up yourself up to what you've been through, that's mind blowing. Yeah, you know I haven't seen that happen ever. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was definitely daunting kind of going in because it was like for me it was almost like if I talk about this, will it even resonate? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. this was a secret that I always thought I would kind of go to the grave nobody knowing about you know that I struggled with anxiety it was you know because there's kind of a stigma and so when I realized that I really wanted to help people in Mm this I had to talk about my own story what made you realize that though that Um, you wanted to help someone else get out of this so interestingly enough when I was struggling with anxiety and panic attacks I remember I'd wished two things okay um one didn't come true and one did so the first thing was God, I wish I, somebody knew exactly what I was going through to kind of show me how to get out of this. Because I, I feel like even even though anxiety is so common, not a lot of people talk about it. And there's this feeling of being alone. Right. Well, that's surprising to me that you were even aware that you wanted to get out of something. Yeah. Right? Because 
in the beginning, you don't even know you're in something. Mm-hmm. You just believe that's just who you are and what you're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. Right. And for me, you know, it start for me, it started off as a panic attack, okay. which. Um, so I thought there was something physically wrong, and I kept going to doctors trying to figure it out. They just kept looking at me with a blank face, saying, "Hey, you're fine." I was convinced to the point where. I knew something was wrong, and by the time they figured it out, it would have been too late for me. I was I was like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, one, nothing was being found, and I was, like, in this, like, purgatory. It, it felt like yeah. I'd wished somebody had kind of gone through it that could have just shown me step by step how to get out of it. If there was even a way. I was even being told by many people, like, look, this is just, you know, anxiety is something you deal with for the rest of your life. So I didn't get that. Yeah. And I and I had to figure it out on my own. The second thing was is that if I did manage to get out of it, I did want to focus on improving quality of life in some way or another. Yeah. And so when I got out, I was focusing more on the corporate side, the more technology side. But um, I was even working in healthcare tech. And the reason why I chose healthcare was for the same reasons of improving quality of life. But I wasn't getting that that peace of mind. I wasn't feeling like I was making an impact that I was helping somebody's well-being it felt yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and then you know with all the politics corporate politics and all this and that going on yeah and so a few i guess you know about a few months ago i was obviously longer than a few months but um i was kind of going back into this you know could i really focus on helping people struggling with anxiety and panic attacks and what i started seeing was with the internet with internet 2.0 no longer is it just based on my location, like geography. I could help anybody in the world, you mm-hmm. know, with, you know, with video chatting and yeah. this and that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that when amazing? When I first yeah. started, yeah. I was like, oh, Dallas. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, there's so many people I can help <laughs> out there. There's yeah. that entire country I can help. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So now it was like, okay, well, you know, it's the best time ever. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, I think it was... I was avoiding doing this for a long time because I was a little bit insecure about it. I think um, I didn't want to talk about it. Um, Maybe because you were still going through it yourself. Yeah. And you needed to find a way out. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It was it was that. And then also I was told for so long that this is the way I was going to be. Yeah. I had to first yeah. prove to yeah. myself that it wasn't. So I, had, I gave it a few years. Yeah. And then when that happened, I was like, okay, well, I know it's not forever, but society thinks it is. Mm-hmm. And for that, I just don't want to fight society on that. Yeah. And then I just kind of went down and I, I really realized that one of the characteristics about me is that I have a very tough time watching people suffer. And I think a lot of that is probably because I had suffered so much from it that I, I'm, I'm very sensitive to that. And so I do whatever I can to to kind of eliminate that, especially yeah. with anxiety. So much yeah. of it is unnecessary suffering, I think. Oh, it's all non-existent. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, I know it was. Yeah. There, and it's, you know, it's, I don't think it's fair for me to say it's non-existent right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It turns into non-existent thoughts, right? right? Because you're ultimately building it off of some post-traumatic. It's not for everyone. Not everyone goes through post-traumatic, but mm-hmm. you build it off of things that you've learned and what you were raised in, your environment. You have no idea because we, when we're born, we're innocent little human beings, mm-hmm. right? We turn in this way because of the way we were raised or environment or what we chose to learn and mm-hmm. grow up with, what ideas, what thought processes and our mindset. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it just comes from you believing that this is how it should be. And then when you're finally in the middle of internally believing that you want to unlearn something, you believe 
all these non-existent thoughts. Yeah. But you have to realize, like, hey, I think it's okay to unlearn some things yeah. because the things that you've learned is causing this, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think, and I'm so curious about what you think because one of the big realizations for me was that, you know, when I would have, when I'd have a terrible sensation, I would react so instinctively, so automatically. Can I ask an example? Um, a live example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a live example would be, um, I would start having palpitations for mm -hmm. no reason. I'd just be sitting here. Did you have a, no trigger? No trigger. It just randomly happened. It's the no trigger that throws people off too. It's, I would understand if I was running a mile mm -hmm. and my heart started palpitating, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I'm just sitting here and I feel like my, my heart's about to burst. And my automatic response is, most people's automatic response is, why is this happening? Oh yeah, my God, there's something wrong, wrong with my heart. But that's a habit in itself that you've mm -hmm. kind of formed. Pattern. Mm -hmm. It's a pattern. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest realizations for me is that what I had developed, that habit was um, destructive. And I had to kind of go back from that habit of understand of, you know, when you have a, when you have palpitations, right. when you're dealing with excess anxiety, you're obviously feeling with uh, excess adrenaline. Right. Your heart's one of the first things that will naturally respond to adrenaline. So I can't, one of my big realizations is don't, when your heart palpitates, don't come from a place of fear. Why is this happening? What's wrong with me? Oh my God, I'm always going to be this way to, Hey, it's just, it's just excess adrenaline. Let it burn itself off. It's cool. But I never thought that would have been possible. I never thought I could remove right. a habit that was so ingrained, yeah. especially one that I thought was so life-threatening. And did you feel like you were hesitant it's going to happen again and you wouldn't know what to do? Exactly. Right? And then the thoughts of ha the thoughts of it maybe happening again causes even more, right? Anxiety and like... It would trigger a yeah. panic attack. The trigger, I feel like... I feel like trigger is progressive when it comes to that. When yeah. when you don't when you finally realize it's a pattern, mm -hmm. then it makes more sense to be more preventative, right? About it. Yeah. But when you don't realize it's a pattern and it's just gonna keep it's going to keep happening, you're in the circle like this is how this is my life. This is how I'm going to live. Yeah. Now how do I build a life from this? Shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Build a life that you want, right? And yeah. then realize, hey, you can actually remove this from building life that you actually want. That's exactly yeah, it. That's but, exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. And and the thing is, there's so many tools and so much education, yeah. and then here's a life that you want. It's literally the journey. It's the implementation, and that that is what scares everyone is because it's different for everyone. People think it's the same for everyone. It's different for everyone. Mm -hmm. But one thing that's similar to everyone is the fact that everyone's been through it. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the same way, yeah. but everyone's going through it. Yeah. And there's, there's t tips and tricks and tools in order for you to actually get through there from your experience. And then that's probably why, why you do such a great job is because you've got out of it and you remember all the things that helped you. Yeah. So you said you've been through it for like a year or so. I, it was really bad for about a year. And okay. what I mean a year was I, I couldn't work. Mm -hmm. I probably lost 45, I wasn't eating. Um, and then, you know, I started going to work. I started, you know, getting a little bit, you know, better and better. Um, yeah, I think it would be about maybe from, it, it definitely was a few years, a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, and now your sure. program is 12 weeks and it seems like they're so successful. And it's mm -hmm. because you're like, well, I fucked up here. This is how <laughs> we're going to make it better. Yeah, and yeah, these yeah. are some of the tools that didn't work for me yeah. and it caused it to be worse. Yeah. So we're not going to do that. Let's try this, yeah. right? Yeah, and what, most of it is really, you know, when um, <clears throat> most of the time, you know, when you're, when you're on the right path, yeah. um, you're going to make, you're going to make some mistakes on the way. Oh yeah. And what happened was for me was I, ma I would make mistake. I would just go down different rabbit holes. Mm -hmm. And so one of to the things, out exactly. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. one of the things about coaching, and I know you do this as well, which is when you see that mistake in your client, you course correct them very quickly. It's just a rabbit hole. They don't need to go through. Um, I, I actually would say 
it's not a mistake. So right. I don't like to use the word mistake when my clients are going through these because when I was going through it and I kept calling it a mistake, I was putting more pressure on myself for not being a perfectionist and figuring it out, right? So what I'd like to do is call, use, remove the word mistake mm-hmm. and, and use it as a lesson learned or an experience, right? Because yeah. everything that you deal with in your life, if you've been through a struggle, you've come out pretty strong. That means you used your you used that lesson experience. You learned, right? Lesson learned. So I think with my clients, when they have, we use the path. Because for me, with my coaching, it's all trial error, okay? Mm-hmm. There's so many nutrition um, plans and fitness plans out there, right? But like I said, it's the education, the journey, and then the ultimate goal. So if that journey is not good for one person, it works for somebody else, like that clearly tells me everyone's customized. So you have to customize everyone's thought process and mindset, right? right. So... Every lesson learned that I see every week, we go back and we choose another path each week. We can almost go up to 100 different methods, but something's going something's gonna to work just like you did. Yeah. So you might call it a mistake, but to me, I think that you turned all your mistakes or lessons and you turn it into something huge and a life-changing experience and you're like, oh, you know what? This actually can work for somebody else too. So No, actually, you know what? You're 100% right because I actually look at it when you were saying that, I, w- I was thinking about... The miss, <laughs> the lessons That's learned. Yeah. <laughs> I I I had you know the lessons I learned, made me more confident in mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is what I what I tell my clients. Um, you know, so I, I I focus a lot on on the education part, yeah. them understanding, yeah. putting them in situations that are gradually building them up, kind of like exposure therapy and, and more stressful situations. And I will say this, and I, I say, look, confidence doesn't come from going into a situation knowing you won't have a panic attack. Confidence comes in from the fact that you can go into a situation, have a panic attack, and everything will still be fine. You'll right. still figure it out. You'll still be able to continue on. And what's interesting is that that anticipatory anxiety kind of disappears yeah and that for me panic attacks were one of the first things to go away because of that yeah you know what you're doing yeah you're using reflection yeah as a mind of okay so think about it this way if you got through a hard time and you you got through it and you're like you know what i got through something i thought i'd never get out of your confidence starts building that way because like if i can get through this shit and i save my own life yeah. I can definitely get through this next one and this yeah. next one, this next one. And that is full on reflection, right? Because you go back and you think, oh my God, like I got through this and I know for a fact. And then when you see your clients going through the same thing, you're like, yo, I was there. Yeah. I was so there yeah. and I got out of it. So I'm telling you right now, as soon as you get out of this, that next struggle that comes to you, you're going to go in with, with like a war. You're going to be like, you know what? I got my tools. I can yeah. do this, you know? And I think yeah. that's probably why you progress and you do so well with your clients is because You've seen it and you've seen yourself just like your mountain. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love that. I, I love <laughs> the fact that you said it's fearless. You're going up a mountain. Um, getting out of anything, it's a struggle to get up, yeah. right? You're hiking your ass up to your struggles yeah. and trying to get through them so that one day you know how to prevent it or one day you can remove it from your life. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Nadia is talking about, um, we had a conversation before this podcast and I was telling her about how, you know, the way I look at my coaching program is, uh, me and the individual are going to climb up, you know, Mount Everest and it's a long path. It's a stressful path, but I'll be walking with you step by step. And the good news is, is that I can carry a lot of weight. I've done this a lot. I know exactly. I can carry a lot. I can carry more load than, you know, it's most like people. you've been up the mountain and came back down to help somebody else. Get exactly. Back up there. Ex- yeah. No, no, that's exactly great. how I feel. And yeah. so, but the steps still need to be taken, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. moving one leg at a time, I can carry the weight. 
but we still need to move forward together. And so, uh, from from my program, I, my symbol is like a mountain, and so that's what she's. I'm like to. ah, <laughs> all of it's clicking right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do the same thing with my clients. You know, I, yeah. I've also been through a rock bottom like them, and um, when I see them going through the same thing, I'm like, okay, yo, you can get out of this. Trust mm-hmm. me, I've seen it. I, I've seen everyone feel this way, and at that very moment, I felt I I couldn't. Right, I've I've had. Um, instances where I felt like I didn't want to live anymore. And it's happened multiple times during my anxiety. My, it's not just anxiety. It was eating a disorder. It was body image issues. It's a it's a bunch of stuff that our community as a whole never really opened up talking about. So I never really was exposed to being vulnerable and talking about, oh, I think I do have body image issues or I, I think I do, um, I am going through depression. Because in our culture, they're like, you think yeah. you're depressed? You're just crazy. Yeah. You think you have anxiety? You're just crazy, you know? We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psychetruth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psychetruth. That's patreon.com slash P-S-Y-C-H-E-T-R-U-T-H. It's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts because yeah. I think with Western medicine, um, I, guess, I guess just Western society, we've kind of made the separation between the mind and the body is right. kind of two separate absolutely. things. Absolutely, absolutely. Because um, even, even like even in my undergrad, like I studied neuroscience and psychology and neuroscience is the study of the brain and psychology was study of the mind, but they were still two separate things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of created this division, you know, being Southeast Asian, interestingly enough that I don't think that division exists so much yet when we, Southeast Asian communities kind of, they're a little bit behind when it comes to acknowledging mental health or, or the mindset portion yeah. of it and that. Yeah. So just curious, what do you, why do you think that maybe? I think it's what I, what I always believe is that no one was ever comfortable talking about it. Okay. So I've worked with so many people in our community, um, yeah. coaching them and I, what I've realized and what I'd like to do is go back and do s- small case studies with my clients. Um, I go back and I just write down everything, all the notes of how their mind worked and why do you think their mind worked? Because when I get to know my clients, I actually figure out from day one, like, how did you get here? I want to know everything about my client. I don't give a shit if I'm giving a nutrition plan or a fitness plan. We're going to figure out where you are first, right? Again, tools, accomplishments, and that journey in between has everything to do with who who you are first, okay? So what I've learned, um, and this is just... Um, like real experience for my clients is that parents in our community, they were raised in that, in that um, environment of thinking about, you know what, this is how life works. You get married, you have children, and you become a doctor, lawyer before that, and you have to go to college, okay? Mm-hmm. So what we ultimately do is we have this one path that is drawn out for us, okay? When there's a million different other paths that might make you even happier. Right. But because this path is drawn out for us, that causes us to believe that th- if we're not doing it like this, if we're not doing it the way our parents designed it for us or our community de- designed it for us, we're fucked up in the head or something's right. wrong with us. And then, yeah. then what ends up happening is we're depressed, we're anxious. Yeah. But then our parents start, our community starts to feel like, no, you're not depressed or you're not, you're just not on the right track. Yeah. 
That's why you're sad. You're sad because you didn't do what I told you. <laughs> like, no, I'm sad because I'm trying not to do what you told me to do. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I feel like mind-body is so aligned. And we don't see it that way is because as soon as... I have a, actually have a client that says she wanted to start meal prepping, but her parents think it's weird. Like, mm. what kind of... What kind of um, uh, impact are you going to have or what kind of money you're going to make if you meal prep? And she said, I love cooking. I love cooking. I love meal prepping. And I love that my clients love my food. I love feeding people. And they said, and she said, I want to be a chef. I actually wanted to work at this restaurant, but now I'm going to school for um, um, nursing. And she's miserable, hmm. miserable. Yeah. And she went to the doctor and they told her she had PCOS and she had um, a hormone imbalance, all, all these things. And um, after I started, you know, a cu- couple of weeks down the line, I don't, I don't like to. I think parents are beautiful, especially in our culture. They love her. They love us so much. That's why they built, they pre-plan because they think that's what's going to get them happiness because it didn't get them there. Right. So like the real ultimate American goal is this path you're going to do it. I want my kids to be happy. That's not their fault. Mm-hmm. What really, what we need to understand is that that's how they were raised. That's how they thought to raise. What we have to realize if we're not happy, our phys- our physical being is going to be disrupted. And when that happens, can you do anything? Can you do anything when you're dead? No. So if you're dead, nothing's going to happen. And that all starts with what do you want? What truly makes you happy without the finances, without the, um, without the financial um, aspect of it or, you know, the reputation of, right. hey, there's a big name in our community. Like people, t- parents always say, like, what are, what, are, what are people going to think? Hasan Minaj says think, it all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I listened to him. I was like, I love you for saying this. He's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like, I don't give a fuck what Like, I, what, what about Nyla Auntie? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nyla Auntie's going to talk shit about you. I don't care about Nyla Auntie. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's where, and that's just the surface is what I'm saying, yeah, right? Because yeah. that's only one client. There's so mm-hmm. many different things I've seen in my culture. Like, I, I, I have had clients' parents tell them not to eat that last bite of food or stop eating at night. Your body does not know if it's night or day outside. Yeah. If you're hungry, you got to eat. Yeah. Don't tell your kids stop eating at 6 p.m. when they're children, high energy, yeah. you know, or going out and telling a group of um, their friends, like their own, they had these, um, you know, get-togethers and told the parents, uh, uh, those talk about it in front of everyone saying, yeah, my kid eats all this stuff and she's not doing anything right. That causes body shaming. There's so much that is built off of expectations from our community that turns us into us feeling like we're crazy. Yeah. You know? Do you, do, so what kind of, so like, you know, when things like body shaming and things mm-hmm. like that and mm-hmm. like, I mean, the psychological implications are obviously like, I mean, obviously they're detrimental. What kind of habits do you normally see when, you know, you, you there's somebody out there that kind of could use your help? Like what, you know, is it binge eating often or is it, but even beyond food, you know, yeah, I'm sure question. it's beyond, it, I know it's beyond that too. Yeah, it is beyond food. Either it starts with food yeah. or it ends with food. Okay. Right. So remember we were talking about, um, we had a conversation earlier, either it's you're using food for, to suppress the way you feel or you're, or you're eating something that's causing you to feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's a cycle. Right. Okay. Um, from what I've seen, um, this is how I screen clients. If I have a client that wants to look a certain way that has made social, um, like social media has given you a way to look. Okay. First it was like that Barbie skinny, then it's being thick and curvaceous. <laughs> and then C's. there's, do what? <laughs> I said three C's. I don't know why. What's three C's? Thick with three C's. No, it's just a. Is that a man thing? No, no. It's uh-huh. an Instagram thing. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. No, it's like this. It's like a. That's it's actually like a great a, example. What, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, that's when actually a great example. That, yeah, yeah. that the fact that three C's came up in your head. Yeah. 
that's a body image um, um, issue right there, mm -hmm. right? So there's skinny, there's um, thick, and then there's having um, abs only. Like if you're a fitness person online and you don't have abs, you're not real. Right. Like what? Yeah. Like I live a healthier life than all of you guys and I have abs. And these girls will, I, I've seen these girls like talk about it. Like, hey, you know what? I have curves. I have, I have rolls. I have cellulite, but I'm happy. I'm healthy, you know? And so I think that when I screen clients and they talk about, I, some of the things that st st uh, stand out to me is if a client says, I want to look like a model. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay. That's, that's great. Like, yeah. first of all, you're already beautiful. What do you mean you want to look like a model? Yeah. And so they'll talk about, I want to be all skin and bones. That's like, okay, let's, let's take a, a step back. Let's, let's start with day one. Like, how do you, what do you feel like when you look, look at yourself in the mirror? What do you think about? What do you want to feel like? How, Cause body image issues is you might look this big when you're really this small. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's some, and some of it comes from, um, in our culture, I'm going to say it, I'm just going to say it mm -hmm. in laws. Is, mm. cause, is a huge cause of um, emotional issues or stressors, and that causes eating a certain way. When you go to davits or when you go to like, like um, gatherings, get-togethers, if you bring your own food, if you already ate and you say no to eating this much food and you have to eat and you're only eating this much food, you get shamed to eating this much. Then you then they, they shame you for eating this much. Like, Where's a happy medium, right? Like they don't let you live a certain, they don't let you live the way you would like to. So you're, you're expected to live a certain way. So then when you're not eating enough, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have clients telling me I'm going uh, to a family's place and they're going to be, they're going to ask me why I'm not eating. I'm like, wow, is that a stress stressor for you? Yeah. I got to get ready for this. I'm like, okay. So just imagine what else they're probably stressing about at home. Yeah. Or I have, I have clients that live with their in-laws and they're meal prepping and their in-laws are always picking on them about, uh, why do you meal prep? Are you sure you're eating enough? Are you sure this is going right? Like, and then sometimes they have to hide the meal prep or they have to hide that they go to the gym. It's, it's insane. It's yeah. insane how much external, um, the expectations of the external factor comes in the way of, am I doing something right or wrong? Right? And there's always a right or wrong out there. But no one realizes that there's a right or wrong for you, you only. You need to figure that out. Because yeah. what's right for you, you'll be happy. What's wrong for you, you won't be happy. But no one wants to see it that way. It's so crazy because, no, you're right. Because, I mean, it's it's wedding season. I mean, it's summer. And, you know, I've been traveling. You know, my family's and certain cousins have been getting married. And when you go there, I mean, that's exactly it. I'm, I, I kind of want to, like, eat something else before I get there. But I know if I get there, people are going to ask me. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I think a couple of times I just told my in-laws yeah 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 no I had the food it was awesome it was great but I just didn't have it because I just I'd you know eaten at home before yeah. you know yeah. and like um I totally get that pressure I know what I know exactly what you're talking you about you know it's a good way um, you know what's a good way to kind of start removing that from your mind and mm -hmm. I feel like I want to help every, if anyone heard this and thought oh my gosh I do this because mm -hmm. you just said you do it as well yeah um a good way to think about um, what I do with my clients is being prepared the more prepared you are, the more it turns into a natural way of thinking, okay? Right. So if you're going, and you know you're going to a wedding, you just have to pre-plan your day of what you're going to eat, what you're not going to eat. Because when you get there and you have the options, like say you have some proteins, veggies, or whatnot, you can mindfully choose what you're going to eat at this dinner and not and not be so shameful of not eating at all. There's ways to yeah. go about it. We just have to learn it. But the thing is, when we're so overly stressed out, our first instinct is don't eat at all. Or, yeah. or if we're stressed out, okay, I'm just going to eat all of it so no one questions me. Screw it. I'm just going to eat it tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to binge eat this entire thing because it's 
we're going out. It's a wedding. So they're going to ask me why I'm not eating. I'm just going to do it. But then it turns into a cycle because the next day yeah. you're feeling like shit. You're like, I'm going to start Monday. And then it just becomes <laughs> a freaking cycle. I feel like yeah. what happens isn't that like, I think a lot of people do that is like, you know, they're almost kind of to a certain degree, like very specific, almost a little neurotic when it comes to eating. And then when they feel like they've even remotely broken it, they're like, screw it. Yeah. I might as well just eat. Okay, That's, well, I already again, had that gulab jamun. I might as well just have like some ice cream with more, them, some yeah. cookie, I like love whatever. Jamun, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can go ham on that. But no, exactly. Yeah. Same thing. Another another journey, right? So, um, and I've seen this in my clients. I give them a meal plan. I give them a fitness plan. And then I'm like, okay, well, we got to tie this in with their mindset too. Because when I first started, I was just giving nutrition advice and plans, this and that out. As time went on, I said, well, okay, I can give them this all day, but how are they implementing it, right? So once they, as soon as they fell off, feel like they fell off the, uh, the program, they go, oh, I did all this, but I didn't, I was 100%. And that 100% is their expectation for themselves. Yeah. So if they don't get that 100%, they're like, screw it, I screwed up the first few days. Next Monday, I'm going to go all in. So I'm just going to screw, screw it up this entire week. But little do they know that the times that they're screwing up, not screwing up, sorry, you're not screwing up. You're living, you're, you're, you're a human. You're not screwing yeah, up. You're yeah, a yeah. human. You're just going through your same patterns. So what ends up happening is that if you're, if you always tell yourself that you have to get back up and be a hundred percent, you're never going to get to hundred percent. You have yeah. to start telling yourself today, I'm going to do 20. Then I'm going to go to 40, 30%. Then I'm going to go to 40%. The more gradually you get there, the more you start realizing that this works for me. This works for me. This doesn't work for me. This works for me. And then it turns into this one right for you not wrong right for you but the thing is in that in that entire couple of days that you feel like you're gonna just gonna fall off and start monday you're actually causing more um you're causing more stress on your anxiety on your depression because you go into the cycle of hating yourself and hating your relationship with food and then you have to start thinking about when you get to eat carbs when do i get to eat fats when am i what am i never gonna get fun food ever again and that causes a lot of psychotic issues because then you're like screw it i'd never want to be healthy anymore it's too hard to be healthy you know, and, and it's the same thing because what, what you're addressing, even in terms of food, is lit- is exactly what I I address with, even on a pure psychological, emotional level. Because it's the same thing, you know. Even if we took that example of of palpitations, mm-hmm. you know, like for them, you know, initially when you know somebody's you know needing help or some guidance, I ask them how's their day going, or you know how has it been going the last couple of weeks, and they say, well. It hasn't been so good. And they, they dictate how well their day's been going based on how many palpitations they've had. And mm-hmm. they always try to be perfect. It's like, this day I had no palpitations. That was That's their awesome. Own expectation. Own expectation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so interesting because then you see them. Um, what what happens is that you, you see them go the opposite direction. Yeah. They become even more focused on, okay, well, I'm going to do this to make sure the power. And then naturally that that adds stress to your body it kind of causes the fight or flight, you know, for me, you know, in my domain, the fight or flight response to go up, which increases adrenaline Mm -hmm. and it's a cycle, you know, and it's constantly kind of focusing on like this short term. I want to fix this quick fix, quick fix. You know, I, I always say, you know, always look for long-term freedom, not short-term comfort. Yeah. Um, the longer you go through the struggle to get out of it, the longer you stay out of it. Yeah. The shorter you go through and you think you're going to fix it overnight, the worse it's going to get. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, with coaching, um, with you and me, I think we both really, uh, this is relatable to both of us is that when we give them goals, like their palpitations, you said they, they track that mm-hmm. for me, they, my clients track how much, if they ate all their meals yeah. and if they, they went to the gym as much as they were assigned. But the thing is that I gave them another one door, uh, door of opportunity to hit. If we give them 10 yeah. and they at least get two of them, 
they don't feel like they failed. Mm. They had 10 chances to make it right and they got two of it right. Yeah. They're going to feel amazing, right? They, we, we can't just give them that one opportunity to show them, you progressed this week because you did this, but you didn't progress at all because you didn't hit this. Then when I sit back and I'm like, you know what? I read my assessments, so I do weekly feedback. And I ask them about their week, okay? It's, it's insane to me when I read these answers. Some of them are saying, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I said no to the dessert. I said... Um, I actually didn't pick up um, any of my calls before getting into the office. I um, took 20, I, I, I took two hours to myself to read, or um, I can't believe I ate my meal and I took my fruit with me while everyone was eating pizza. All these amazing things that they did, but if they didn't hit that last four, like I give them like four or three days, five days, I assign random days of going to the gym. I don't even do exact days. I say, you get four days to get your workouts in or your class in, whatever you enjoy. You have four days to do that out of the week. If they don't hit four, they think they failed the entire program. Right. I'm like, do you realize how much you've done? Yeah. You've never said no to um, pizza before. You've never said, you've always picked up emails. You, you're on the phone all night before, like on social media all night. But you got to, and she says, yeah, I actually put my phone up at 8 p.m. And I was able to sleep and get good recovery. I woke up being uh, super hungry. I got to go to the gym all because she put her phone up. Yeah. So just imagine just those small moves make a huge change the next day. But they don't see it that way. Yeah. They say, oh, I didn't get four workouts in, or I didn't get all my five meals in, or three meals in, whatever. And they think it's they, they screwed up. It's really interesting. One of the things I've definitely learned, um, I haven't been in the game as long as you have, but um, people tend to be really hard on themselves. Very. And it's very easy for them to overlook the good parts. Yeah. Especially, I think, because they're in the midst of it and, mm -hmm. you know, See, we can look at it from a rational, logical standpoint because we're invested, but we're not engaged in the same time. Like we could see it from an outside perspective. Yeah. So we can see when they're making progress. But, you know, when you're in that kind of turmoil, when all these, you know, emotions are going and, you know, you're, you're focusing on hitting your targets or whatever, it's really hard. No. You're not. It's you're really pattern, easy to gloss it. Right. Because your pattern yeah. is all negative thoughts. Remember we're talking about non-existent thoughts. Mm -hmm. We're building on that. Yeah. When you have a negative thought and non-existent thought, you're building on just that. That, that positive side of anything that you're doing right, it's gone. That's why I, write, I make them write it out. They don't, yeah. not all of them will journal. But this questionnaire is kind of like a journaling to them. Because yeah. when I talk to them on the phone, I'm like, by the way, you seem really angry half the assessment. The, half, uh, the other half, you were so excited that you changed. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. You're right. I would have yeah. never done that. And my parents are eating better. I'm like, what? <laughs> you just helped an entire generation out yeah, yeah, yeah. and you did this and you did that, but you're being so hard on yourself for one thing you didn't do right. I can almost guarantee you, if you look back and appreciate all the things you've done, that one thing you couldn't hit, you're going to hit next week. I promise yeah. you that. Because if you're, if you tell yourself that you're getting better each week, you're going to want to continue to get better. Exactly. Cause I'm like, okay, you hit this, 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 momentum, but now yeah. have this much more. Yeah. It's momentum. It's exactly that. Mm -hmm. It's that momentum, but you have to, and that's why I stick around so much. I am such an annoying coach. I literally talk to them every day. And I'm like, <laughs> where are you at? Where's your mind at? Yeah. You know, I, I randomly just check in throughout the day because you never know throughout the entire day. If they know exactly what time I'm checking, yeah. they're going to, they're like, oh, she's going to check in today. I'm going to yeah. just say, I'm okay. No, random days, they'll bust it all out. Like oh, something's really? up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if they go MIA for even 48 hours, I'm like, what's yeah. up? Really? I, I ate all of this. I ended up drinking this much. I'm like, okay, that's. Okay, fine. Yeah. And then I'll tell them my experience because I, I, God knows how many times I've fucked up. Um, and so we talk about it. We just, I'm like, you're not alone. This is, yeah. you did not screw up. If anything, you probably did better, good for yourself. You gave into what you thought. This is just a pattern. And now that you're aware, now that you're aware that this is a pattern, how, how awesome is that? 
Now we can take that pattern and figure out what we need to do to change that pattern. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They have to just be aware of all the things they're doing. Lessons learned. You know, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an honest confession. I have never reached out to a client. Every time I reach out, how are you doing? I've never had a client say, I mean, until they're fully recovered. Once they're recovered, life is great. But yeah. uh, while I'm while I'm coaching them, especially in the intense time, I've never had a client talk, like when I reach out to them, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. It's always, man. Last few days were great, but today is like okay. Like yeah. today is like not as good. Or today like really sucks. It's it's really sucked. Yeah. I, and then every time I get deeper, I dig a little deeper. Okay. Yeah. How's it been the last yeah. few days? How about yeah. the last couple of weeks? Yeah. They like look back at it and they're like, I mean, it was great. I mean, I've had the best highs exactly. I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. You have to let them see the bigger picture. You have to. Because when they say when they say today was like shitty, oh my god, I'm going down the hill. That's what they're gonna think. Like exactly. today was shit. Tomorrow's gonna be shit too. But let's let's rewind and see how much you have been doing. Maybe you just needed that one step back. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow's gonna be how you felt last week. You gotta let them see exactly what they're doing. And and it's it's so often it's often just how they're feeling at that specific mm-hmm. moment that they kind of. And honestly, even I do that. You know, like even with yeah, uh, I think we all do it. I think I do it in do work. It. I think Same. I do it in like my professional life. I kind of look at it. And I'm like, man, I'm not going at the speed I want to go. Like yeah, I'm doing yeah. this. I'm doing that. Expectations, expectations. And, and yeah. I think and it's natural. I do not blame anyone for doing this because mm-hmm. I used to do this. And I still I can still have these ideas of doing it now. But it's the social aspect of it. It's the expect again expectations not your parents expectations anymore it's what society has built for you yeah right um but when you start realizing that there is none that there's no expectations that you just do you'll start to realize that it's a lot not a lot easier it's just a lot more sustainable to be able to go on to go on with that journey and keep that momentum going I, I totally agree because I I also think kind of even society, you know, like we kind of grew up here. Like there's always, especially mm-hmm. with the younger generation mm-hmm. with this mm-hmm. whole entrepreneurship kind of vibe that's been happening. It's like this constant hustle. Keep working. Keep going. Keep it's grinding. It's so glorious. It's so, so glamorous. Glor- no, it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. And, you know, interestingly, yeah. my dad said something years ago that mm-hmm. still stuck with me. And he's like, look, man, like hustling is great. Working hard is good. Yeah. But when you like, for example, when you like plant a seed on the ground, the tr- the seed isn't like hustling to get as much water and grow the roots and like grow into this glorious. It just grows. Maybe well, you your dad. He's, <laughs> He's great. Awesome thing. <laughs> He's just like it grows. That's yeah, it. Yeah. It just grows. Yeah. And in a way, like you know, that's that's how recovery looks. I think that's how but nutrition it grows looks because like, you're taking care of it. Exactly. That's you the know? only way it grew is because someone was taking care of that. Yeah. You know, and I think I think that's that's a great point because. I'll be honest, running a business yeah. and staying above ground while helping others get through it, get up that mountain yeah. and coming back down every time to bring them back up. Yeah. I feel like I come back down too, right? Like I have to pick myself back up and bring them back up with me. And I think that I, so this hustling mindset, I will say this hustling, hustling mindset has gotten everyone to overwork themselves. I totally that agree. They, that all this hustling will push out the mind body aspect of, of you being happy uh, with what you're doing, hustling and hardworking will actually pull that passion out. I've been in the gym for, t- I've been doing this stuff for 10 years, like I said, but there's yeah. been times that I'm like, I hate the gym. Yeah. I hate the gym. 
and I don't want to keep eating like this um, or something like that because I've competed. I did like two NPC bikini competitions and that made me believe that I had to eat a certain way and the only way to get fit is in the si- inside the gym, mm-hmm. like with weights. There's so many ways to get fit. There's so many ways to be healthy. There's so many ways to eat that's good for you, not to not so detrimental to your mind, right? Because if you're already having eating disorders, you don't need someone to deprive you. Yeah. You don't need a plan that's going to tell you not to eat something. You don't want that. But I do believe that always going, going, and going, you forget that planning some self-love in between that is the only way that's going to make it sustainable. Yeah. Right. Like people do feel like entrepreneurship is all hustle. And I did that for the longest time, but I broke, I broke down. I went back to feeling what I used to feel. Right. I'm like, how is this happening? And then what ends up happening is too much self-care turns into making you feel like you're lazy. Like where's my hustle aspect? Where's, where's my entrepreneurship and me hustling and my hard work? If I'm, I'm always going to give myself time. So that's where we all kind of fall off is that balance. Yeah. Right. The hustle balance and then and taking care of yourself balance. Because it's like, what's the point? I mean, if you're going to hustle and you're going to make a lot, you're going to sacrifice your health. I mean, you just like I was trying to find a quote. I I couldn't find it. But it's like, you know, what's the point of hustling if you're just going to if it's just going to turn to dust or something like that? Like, What's the point of working so hard at something? And then, you know, because I think, you know, what you and I are trying to do is I, I, I genuinely look at both of us as like, you know, working on this movement of kind of ingraining this mind body you know connection this this kind of holistic kind of perspective but you know if we burn out in a couple of years how useful are we going to be to the you know yeah to the community to the, I think to we burn out again expectations right yeah. but I think what I've noticed with myself and my clients is that whenever we build our own expectations from what works for us I think it's better that way, right? Because we're following what our heart wants. It's all about being self-aware, though. We have to take a step back and realize what did work for us. So, uh, for example, I have a client, and um, she's trying to gain weight. She's very lean, Mm -hmm. um, but she wants to gain weight and get toned and more mass. And in order for, for you to do that, you have to eat more. And someone being small, eating more, is it's not easy for your mind to catch up with. So she's been having some issues trying to like trust the process. Right. So then I realized, okay, she's going to the gym. She's like, I don't like going to the gym though. It doesn't make me happy. I don't like going alone. I need to be with a buddy. But what if I don't have a buddy? I'm like, okay, well let's, let's go back. Cause your history has a lot of your answers, honestly. So in the past, I'm like, what has helped you? What makes you sore? What makes you feel that you had a great workout and you felt toned and tight and how were you eating? She explained all that to me. I'm like, Okay, so you used to go to a certain class. You, I think she went to bar or something or a specific class that made her feel that way. I'm like, okay, we're going back there. You were so happy with that. Let's go back there. And now she's she's easily trying to trust the process, and she's feeling a lot better. She's eating a lot better. She can eat more because her appetite's increasing, so she doesn't feel like she's overeating. She feels like she's eating enough because her appetite increased. But that's the thing. We have to go back and figure out what worked for you. Yeah. Everyone is so – everyone I've ever worked with, I can't believe how different everyone is. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, the, that's the game of it all. I used to give out expectations yeah. to follow, and that just made them worse. Now I'm like, you know, we're going to build it together. We're going to figure out what makes you happy first. And these are all the methods that I've used. This is everything that I know. This is everything that I've learned. Let's see if any of these help you. And then we turn it into their very own program, right? Because there's no expectations. No one built it for you. No one told you husband, dog, kids, house. What we did is, okay, she likes this, this, this. This is what made her happy, and we're just going to build it. You have to figure out what you want. What do you want out of life? And then we build it. We can't build life that way if you don't know what makes you happy. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that's amazing. 
Like that's, I haven't even thought about anything like that. Like I haven't thought about like what, I mean, to a certain, I've started thinking like this, mm-hmm. which is why I'm doing what I'm oh, doing. Yeah. Now. I was going to say, like, I've never thought about, yeah, 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 but I've never thought about that. I've never been yeah. like, man, what do I want? It was, there was always these mm-hmm. kinds of preconceived notions mm-hmm. or society set, even, even just nutrition. When you were telling me about your tech background and what you did and whatnot, yeah, yeah. I just felt like, I don't think you realized your calling. I mean, your calling was telling you something for such a long time. I think I was trying to reconcile. I was yeah. trying to reconcile yeah. my calling with things that were appropriate yeah. or things that were safe, a corporate tech yeah. job, you know, you make good money, you have a corporate environment, but you know, you could still feel like you're making a mm-hmm. difference. Um, but it was, it was just a balance that I don't think existed. Yeah. I, th- I think I was kind of fooling myself long-term. Yeah. yeah. But that's um, how you learn. Yeah. And right? I, and I also yeah. think, I mean, going down deep, I just, I don't think I have the confidence at the time. Yeah, yeah. I just wasn't, I just, just like, look, I know what worked for me. Mm-hmm. I know this works. Mm-hmm. Could I, could I coach somebody or am I just going to be, you know, Am I going to have an ego thinking I can help people? But, you know, the best thing I think I could have done was um, taking that taking that leap of faith. And, you know, you speak about awareness. Um, how do you know, you know, when, you know, going back to the entrepreneurship, how do you know when you're hustling too much or when you're, you know, kind of giving too much self-care? Um, and, I, you know, I, even though I've fully overcome, you know, anxiety and panic attacks where they don't work against me anymore – you know, I still kind of struggle with that with with work right now. I think I think I overwork. And one of the things that I'm kind of going back to is what I learned when I was dealing with anxiety and panic attacks, which was awareness, which was mindfulness. So the notion of whatever thoughts come in, it's fine. Um, just being aware of those thoughts mm-hmm, and being mm-hmm. honest with yourself. Okay. Um, so one of the things you have to kind of, you're honest with yourself. You're not lying to yourself, but whatever thoughts come in, come in. Honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all honesty. It really it's all I, honesty. If it's not on the basis of honesty, yeah. it just doesn't work. Because if you're feeling uncomfortable in your own skin doing what you're doing, you're not yeah. going to do it with your heart and soul. Yeah. You have to be uncomfortable and get out of your comfort zone, most definitely. But I think we confuse that with doing things we don't want. Yeah. You know, when people are like, oh, you got to get you out of your comfort zone, do something that's very uncomfortable. Um, and what ends up happening is they do start doing things that they didn't want to do in the first place. And they think that's uh, taking chances. Right. It could simply just be doing like for like. I guess, for example, I had a client that was lifting and she's like, I'm just not, okay, I actually going to use me as an example, okay? After competition days, I just did not want to lift. I felt like it was a chore yeah. because it was a chore for so long for me. And I was like, I kept going back in. I'm like, this is stupid. I don't, I don't even know how to lift it. I feel like I can't lift anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with this. It's just not making me happy. I'm, the endorphins I used to release, I'm not releasing that anymore. If anything, I'm getting a little bit more stressed out because I'm not, I don't feel like I used to. That was my expectation. That's what I used to feel like. That was my pattern. I'm like, why do I keep trying to build on this pattern that doesn't make me happy anymore? I have to build my own. That's how I learned. So then I'm like, okay, what makes me happy? So I started like cycling. And then I'm like, okay, I love cycling. My endurance is getting great. Now I start, I miss lifting again. I miss doing squats. Mm -hmm. I went back and did that. Then I started mixing it together. So ultimately what I believe is that hustler mindset, the hardworking mindset you also have to listen to that too, I believe, okay? So what's been helping me is we've ha- I've had mentors, I've had, um, I read books and when I started my business, I'm like, okay, I have to have, I'm not gonna do a nine to five, I don't need to be behind a desk. Then I'm like, wait, I need to have a schedule. I have to be organized to, in order for this to even work. Then that made me sad. I'm like, this is weird, why am I nine to five? Why am I eight to four? I didn't want this in the first place. Then just everything that's out there that was taught to me, I'm like, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try that. Then I'm like, okay, let me sit back and figure out what actually made me happy. 
And that was talking to my clients, getting on my feet. Um, I'd love to do meditation and work on get it out of the way in the morning. Just random things. So I just started trying those things out. Then I'm like, wait, I'm I'm on such a creative high right now. Yeah. But I told myself I want to be off work. I was like, mm-hmm. no, and I did. I went out, like, I was like, you know what? I told myself no more working, yeah. done. But then that creative high just flew by me. Yeah. I'm like, wait, that, that was my hustler moment, yeah. right? So what I did was I give in now. I give in to what I want. So exactly. now if I stay at the office until midnight because I'm on a creative high, I don't judge myself for working too hard. I'm like, I'm going to yeah. do it because tomorrow... If I get every, uh, everything all out there and tomorrow I want to do it again, I'm going to do it again. But I'm aware. I'm aware that I'm doing this. I'm yeah. aware that I'm on a creative high, meaning I'm not going to let this prolong. I'm not going to let that happen. Then I take a couple of days off and I'm like, okay, I feel so much better that I got it out of the way. Uh, there's been so many times where I've, my friends and family, I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them, but I don't know how many times I've canceled on things, like plans. I mm-hmm. can't even tell you because I was on a creative high. But then there's times where I canceled because I was overworking myself. The podcast you are listening to was brought to you by wellnessplus.tv, a subscription service empowering you with everything you need to take control of your health and happiness. Sign up for your free trial today to watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to our extensive library, including hundreds of follow-along yoga and fitness courses, massage therapy tutorials, weight loss information, guided meditations, educational health videos, and so much more. Feel better, look better, and live better today by visiting wellnessplus.tv. That's exactly, that's exactly, no, you're right. I mean, because, I mean, you know, when we're in this, we know we're going to have to invest a lot of Mm -hmm. time and energy. Mm -hmm. And my my focus hasn't, my my biggest sticking point has never been um, not working hard enough. Yeah. Um, Although, you know, there are moments where I, I may kind of relax a little bit extra well, can but that's your definition for working hard um my I, I think for me working hard for me it's very second nature like constantly keep you know stone by stone kind of building up the okay. business okay. um the problem is is that I want a house by the end of the day okay. or I want like you know for whatever it is if it's just reaching out to new clients making new breakthroughs I have a certain limit that I want to hit yeah um and where I really mess up is I lack the awareness of you're trying to do this by the end of the day. Is that even realistic? Okay, I'm is it realistic? For a second. Yeah, yeah. I asked your definition of work, and you came up with what your long term goal is, and what you're doing for your clients, and all all these work, all everything that you're giving out to the universe. Mm-hmm. But when I say what is hard work to you, what we have to ultimately do is have two pathways. What? How hard are you working on yourself? Hmm. There has to yeah. be two, right? Because right now. You working hard is all focused on what you need to do, which I started that way too. I'm like, this is my direction. Working hard is what, what this is what it means. But it's really about working hard on yourself because that will come. All those, all, everything that you've expected yourself to be, it goes out the window. You're working so hard on yourself. That confidence, the feeling of feeling like, oh my God, I can't wait to wake up and do what I love and I do it on my own. Because yeah. I know I don't know how many clients hate their jobs. I bless their souls. I know for a fact they're going to get out of that. I know they are. Mm-hmm. But because, because we wake up every day knowing that we could do this for ourselves is what makes me wake up and say, I cannot wait to teach that everyone else doesn't have to be so hard on themselves. Yeah. So when I the next time I ask you, what does hard work mean to you? I want I want the first thing for you to say is I like 
I'm putting myself first before I put work in front of me. Because yeah. your work in front of you, you're doing such a great job coaching. Like, again, I can't stop thinking about all the things that your clients have said and what you've done for them. It's like mind blowing to me to think you literally save these people's lives. Okay. So, and that's their life. They don't even talk about your work, their work or anything. You're helping them with their core to get through life. Same goes for you. Yeah. So I guess I'm a, I'm Nadia's client now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just that you're doing yeah, such yeah. a great job and you're exuding yeah. all that energy. And I, I did it. Like I said, when I started, I was like, wow, I'm making change. Like I'm actually doing something yeah. for these people. And I would get, sometimes, I don't know if this happens to you, but when clients tell you you change your lives or they're happy, it doesn't really sink in. It does like, okay, are you sure? You know, right? I, it's almost you like second I, guess your, Yeah, I'm like yeah. I'm like you're lying. Yeah, I definitely I, I probably help, but I mean I, I think you're probably over exaggerating a yeah, little bit. Yeah. Or you think that I may have helped you know, you you definitely did all the work, you know, it may seem like <laughs> yeah. I did the work for you, but yeah. you definitely did uh, it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I then, definitely feel that. Right. Have you ever had a time you felt like you were a fake? Like a fake. Like a fake. Ooh. Let's be honest, because I'll be honest too. Um so, so there are moments where, it, yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, it's just, okay. it's just genuine, you know, you know yeah. And yeah. and I did the same. I'm like, yeah. and my coach was like, you're, you think you're a fake. Yeah. But if you go back and think about all, how many clients you've uh, spoke to, um, how much you've done with your business and you look back, that can't be fake. Yeah. You know? So we are going to sit here and question that. And that happened a lot until, until I realized my work is me first. Cause we are our own products. If you're going to be a coach. You're, you are the product, yeah. right? So, and that's why, that's where mind-body comes into play. The more you're strong, that's a, that's a solid foundation, then you build amazing amounts. And then all the things that your clients are going to tell you, all the reviews and whatnot, you're like, yeah, I did that. <laughs> because internally, like, I did that for myself. Do you think it's because... Um Do you think it's because there's certain things that maybe we subconsciously even consider common knowledge but isn't common knowledge. And then that's kind of why, like, you know, we bring out something that we're like, you know, everybody should kind of, you know, understand this to a certain degree, but you know, it's, it's not like some, some of my best advice given to me were the most simplest things. Uh huh. I am a leader, not a savior. That line changed my entire life. I'm like, that's so normal. Like that's so calm. Like, yeah, it sounds like it, but let me give you a very simple, very basic um, example. Kale is healthy. You should only eat kale to be happy and to be healthy. Yeah. Like you have to eat salads every day. If you want to be healthy, you got to eat salads every day. Yeah. That's just one method. That's one point of education. Yeah, salads are healthy. But what about everything else that's going on in your life? What else are you eating? What, how's your activity level? You know, things like that. It, it all there. Like I said, there's so much education, so much, so many tools out there. You can find free meal plans, free fitness plans. You can find so many videos of anxiety, like coaching and how to help depression. And there's medications. Why is that there's so much medication out there and people are still dealing with it? It's always the implementation of it. That's all it is. Yeah. Common sense doesn't work as hard. You have to work hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty It's pretty insane because uh, my turning point in anxiety was actually, believe it or not, it was actually on my birthday. I think I just turned 24. And uh, I went to the ER on my birthday. And this young ER doctor looked at me and he's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, you know, like I'm palpitating, like my, my diaphragm is like contract, like I'm, it was clearly the onset of a panic attack. And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, you're fine, but you understand that, you know, you're not going to have these feelings. The more harder you try to have these feelings go away, the less likely they're going to go away. Right. 
And I swear, I'd been struggling with this for so long. And it was the most simplest, obvious thing. Oh, yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. What? Hold on. Like that was so, I I don't think till this day he knows what he had said to me, but it resonated. Like it was the most simplest thing out there that was so fundamentally true to a certain degree, yet I just kind of overlooked it like... You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. And that was my, yeah. one of my turning points. Yeah. That was when I was like, oh my God, I think I'm doing this wrong. That means your non-existent thoughts took over you. Yeah. It, if you don't have any clear room to think about anything else, you're only going to, you're going to fill it up with negative thoughts. You're only going to fill it up with what you've always felt in the past. You can't think of anything new. Yeah. If you don't have that space for it, you need yeah. mind space for it. So when people say self-awareness and mindfulness, that just means mindfulness means Filling your mind with things that are going to help you forward, but you won't know that if your mind's full with other shit, you know? So simple advice like that helps you think that way. Like, oh my God, I think I just filled myself with all these non-existent thoughts. This is why I feel this way. Mm -hmm. But I know your mind is so powerful. Oh my God, it's insane how much your mind can control anything. Your mind controls your appetite, your cravings, the way you think about things, the way you think about people. That is what starts building building and building these high expectations or um, uh, pre-assumed thoughts and things about people when it's completely the opposite. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, I know a lot of relationships are going through a lot of issues thinking one person feels this way about another Yeah, when it's not even, that's not even what's going on. You know, it's so crazy because this is what I learned in class back in, back in my undergrad, um, which was before my anxiety. Um, and it was really interesting. One of the professors said, so, you know, our brains, you know, we, it's kind of, we kind of think of our brains or our mind as kind of like some processing, yeah. you know, mechanism. But what it actually is, is a filtering mechanism. So the, here's the thing, when you're looking around, when you're, when you're kind of perceiving things in the outside world, your mind is actually only processing 10% of that. Exactly. It's gathering out of everything. There's just too much info. So it just picks and chooses. I love that. And you have your own filter system and it's on you to choose what your filter system is going to be. And the thing is, is that it's already been set up for most, it's set up for all of us. So what is it determined by? It's determined by how you grew up, what you think about yourself, how you think about the world, Mm -hmm. what other people have treated Mm -hmm. you like, what are your, what are your values? What are your intentions? And what happens is that it kind of becomes a, um, it becomes a feedback loop. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you were talking about uh, individuals, you know, clients of yours that look in the mirror and see what they almost want to see to a certain degree, you know, um, that kind of really resonated with what he said to me. And and that's exactly it, because in a, in a certain way, we do create our own reality. Mm-hmm. Our reality is so subjective. Our mind is so powerful. It's so powerful. We tell it to do something, it's going to do it. Yeah. But that's where the beauty is. If you realized that your mind was so powerful enough to make you feel you had anxiety and panic attacks and depression and making you feel like you didn't want to live anymore to the point where you started assuming things about other people and your anger. All of that has been built off of how powerful your mind is and what direction it goes to. Just imagine if we use it in our advantage. It's, it's so But amazing. that's where, I know, it's, it's mind-blowing to think, but it's, it's hard to get there. And that's where all the tools come into play, the whole, you know, coaching and being aware and picking and choosing what your filters are going to be. And then you got to make sure you instill those filters, too. You you can read all the books. You can read, uh, watch all the YouTube videos. You can see uh, you can, you know, learn from everyone's mistakes. But it's up to you to instill those filters and keep them there. And the only way you can do that is if you practice it on a daily basis, just like school. You're not going to you don't go to school go to a lecture and then go home and come back and take a test. You have to do 
like you have to do your homework. You got I was a teacher's pet. I kept going back and asking questions because I'm wow. like, this, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go to class. No, I, yeah, <laughs> every, like, I don't think I've ever missed a class, yeah. but I remember that if I wanted to be the best at something, and I wanted a, the best for myself, yeah. then these are the things that I'm going to have to do and I have to be aware that there's going to be some trial and error. Yeah. That's what we need to get to. We need yeah, to don't get be to a that. dabbler, you know, where you're kind of like low-key like flirting with some YouTube videos, some self-help books, this and that. Don't and you do don't that really, shit. Yeah. Don't do the surface level. And you know what? If you think it helps somebody else, it might not, it's probably not going to help you. Yeah. But what I will, one good advice that has helped me and my clients is that Watch everything and anything. I, I don't even know how many people I listen to on my podcast, okay? There's personalities that are complete opposite than somebody else. I'm, I resonate with him. He's incredible. I'm not, I want to feel like I want to follow his path. But then I heard somebody else completely opposite. I'm like, oh, my God, this one's a bad bitch. I love this one. <sighs> yeah. I'm like, hold on. There doesn't mean that I need to follow one or the other. This means what has helped me progress and think the way I want to from their perspective. But the only way to do that is if you sit back and figure out what your filter is first. You, you have know, to figure out that, you first. That is seriously one of the best things I've heard in a very long time. Because I do think, especially now with YouTube culture and Instagram influencers so and this out there. there is so, the problem is now is that there's too many people that you look up to that are getting conflicting advice. You know, one person says, isn't that crazy? One person, yeah, an awesome yeah. millionaire will say, buy a house. Yes. The other millionaire will say, don't buy a house. It's the dumbest thing. And what you end up doing is you end up doing neither. You are, you're just stuck in this purgatory where you're just not sure We're, which exactly. one. Exactly. And then we get confused because there's so much advice out there. There's too much advice. I, yeah. um, after one of my coaches, I went back and I was looking at all these different coaches, right? And there's some coaches that say you don't. If anyone has a picture with the Bentley in the background, you, they're fake. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, this person's amazing. Then I looked at another coach, like amazing content, helping people's lives, yeah. has a picture of a Bentley in the back. I'm like, but this contradicts what you said about this person. Okay, yeah. let's move them to the side. Then I listen to the other stuff. Then I moved them to the side. I'm like, hold on. What is happening here? Yeah. So what I do is I go back and think about all the stuff that helped me from each person. Okay, because it worked for them. Great. Wonderful. But it's not going to work for me because, again, you have just set me set expectations for me. And I'm, I don't want that. That's not fair. You can't you can't go through your entire life thinking you have someone's going to set that up for you. You're letting people on YouTube and social media set your set your your outline for your life. Your, mm -hmm. your blueprint of your life is only made by you and what you want. And I think that and that's why I actually have I've fallen back on following a bunch of people on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I there's even memes like um Quotes, amazing, inspirational, inspiring quotes. When I sat back and it started building filters for myself, I'm like, holy shit, this makes no sense. This one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh my gosh, this can actually corrupt someone's mindset with this one. Exactly. You know? So what I did was I fit we have to figure out what works for you, what makes you happy, what you truly believe in. Your again, your honesty. Yeah. Figure out what you're honest about. Then go figure out who you want to follow. So I, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's like it's almost like being don't be a believer, mm -hmm. be a seeker. Exactly. Be somebody yeah. who don't just believe something blindly. Mm -hmm. Seek it, see it, see what you feel. Yeah. And you know what? That's I, that's real truth, yeah. right? That's I feel like expectations and the pressure has made us stop believing our own gut instinct. Absolutely. There is a gut instinct and honesty that has been suppressed by so much out there. Mm -hmm. Once we fall back and realize, okay, my, my stomach just told me to do this. I've made huge business decisions based off of what my stomach told me, but 20 people told me not to do. Yeah. And it was the best decision of right. my life. Right? right? And I'm like, okay. Once you start listening, that, that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of taking chances though, right? Yeah. Once you start taking chances on what you felt was best for you versus what everyone everyone said, that's power. Yeah. Because you finally listened to yourself. And it, it turned out to be the most 
best decision of your life. I, and I, I think that's where I start building off like, okay, I'm going to be honest and so real and so raw. So now when I do, I was just telling you earlier, um, when I worked with all these health clubs and weight loss companies, I was told I was the shittiest closer. I would never close. But right. Nadia, you're an amazing coach. You have great enthusiasm. You're, you know, like you're inspiring. You're going to be a great coach. And I was like, but like, I want to make money too. I, I love changing lives. But at the same time, like if I'm going to make money, I get to invest it back into what I want to do and seek. I want to help even more people. Right. Yeah. So them telling me I'm not ever going to be a closer made me think, okay, that's not true. Like I'm going to figure out what works for me. Screw all you guys. So what I did was I didn't, you know, none of the scripts. I just did everything based off of my conversation. You said you had a three-hour consult one time. Yeah. And, and you were able to work with him because you were you. You were raw. Yeah, yeah. And so I, that's what I ended up doing. That's when I started listening to myself. I'm like, screw the script. Even though these people were millionaires, yeah. banking, doing amazing things, telling me this is going to work. I, I could have been like, yeah, dude, it's working for them. But that's the thing. It worked for them, and you set all these expectations. And then I actually was depressed on that. I don't know. I, I was helping and helping clients for the past three years and when I started my business, but I wasn't okay. Yeah, I wasn't okay at all because I was being told what to do at these gyms. Right. Right? So then I had to start listening to myself. I'm, I'm going to do it my way. Screw it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, my closing rate's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's never, it was never that great. And I was like, <laughs> it's great because I got to talk the way I wanted to talk, yeah. you know? I don't know why, but it made me think about this. I get this a lot. I get this DM to me multiple times a day, people messaging me, hey, Sean, I'm struggling with this. How'd you get out of it? Like, mm -hmm. what, how'd you get out of anxiety? How'd you get out of the panic? What, what'd you do to make it stop? Like, as if, like, it's, it was just a certain technique I did. Either it was meds or quick if fix. it was... Quick fix. Everyone wants Quick that. fix. Mm -hmm. Or if it was, like, a technique mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. low-key, it kind of yeah. makes... It drives me a little crazy because the notion is... What what we try to, and I think both of us trying to focus on, is ultimate freedom doesn't rely on, for me at least, a specific using a certain technique or something like that. Because when I when I'm coaching my my clients, relying on a tech, if they start relying on a technique too quickly, what happens is that they use that technique as a crutch to avoid feeling anxiety. I love it. I remember that uh, uh, resonating with me when you said ultimate freedom. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, you know, it's so interesting. So it's, I, I hear these quick, like, just tell me what you did, Sean. Like, what was, just tell me, like, why do you mean you have to like yeah. talk to me about yeah. it? Or why do you mean you have to, just uh -huh. tell me what you did. But and, and with those, you know, like when, when you were, when you were talking about, you know, all those, you know, things about, you know, your clients and stuff, I was just, that's exactly what it is. I mean, listening to your gut, listening to your client, listening to your listening client, to these people, like they're from all of your experiences. Mm -hmm. When you finally get to understand their life story, their mindset, there's so many ways that you're, the answer is within them. The answer is the program. What they need is with in, internally within them. It's there. We just have to bring their honesty out. We got to yeah. bring out what's good for them because they didn't know it was good for them. They thought it was wrong, yeah. but really it was right. It's really interesting. I always tell I always tell my clients this because they're like you know they they feel like everything you know is kind of against them. They're feeling all this anxiety. They're dealing with panic attacks. The example I like to give you know when we're talking about mindfulness and and awareness is I like to think of it as a knife. You know you you. If your mind is a knife, you want it to be a sharp knife. You don't want it to be a dull knife, right? right? right. Want, it's a tool for you. Right. It works for you. What's happened with people that are, you know, specifically with my clients is that that knife, the handle is switched. So the sharp part your, is your grip. So you're, you're actually tightening the sharp part. 
And all that's happening is that their mind is just working against them. Their mm-hmm. mind is sharp. I like that. And then every time yeah. they grip it. Yeah. So what ends up happening over time with anxiety is that you become emotionally depleted and stuff. Yeah. And that's just your body's way of making that knife more dull. So you stop hurting yourself. Yeah. All you, all I'm just teaching them, all I'm doing, nothing more. Just switching that knife back. Just keeping it sharp, but giving them the handle. Ultimate freedom. Giving them ultimate Because you freedom. don't need specific. Yeah, you know, that kind of reminded me, you said when people DM you with these questions, you're like, well, yeah. it's not it's not a one word answer. Yeah. It's when people ask me, how should I eat? What the? <laughs> yeah. I, like, how do I get well? Like, eat yeah. well, work out well? Like, yeah, how do what? you? Yeah. 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 So remember when I was asking you, like, what do you do? Yeah. How does your program work? How is this uh, broken down? And there was never a clear answer. And I and just continue to talk to you. I'm like, there's no clear answer. Yeah. Because what you're ultimately doing is you're, you're that's ultimate freedom. You're yeah. keeping an open book for everyone. You go, you go with what they need and what they want to get out of that. And if there was a, if there was a, a way you did it, I'd be like, there's no way this template yeah. could work for anyone. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I kept pushing these answers on you. I'm like, tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> and you couldn't tell me, yeah. but you're telling me what's happening. I'm like, this yeah. is what I'm trying to hear. This yeah. is exactly what you told me. It's like, you know what? Everyone's very different and this is how they work. And then you told me one of your clients was entrepreneur and he needs a tough love. Then you're like, this person actually is younger. We, they need some affirmation. That was your answer. Like there is no template. Yeah. I mean, it's structure maybe initially, but if you structure stick to it, it's structure for the rest of your life. You're yeah. not free. I believe structure comes from just tr- uh, tracking progress. If there's nothing to measure, you're not getting anywhere. Exactly. Right? And for so, that, yes. Yeah. That absolutely. should always be there. I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. measuring and I think um, always having goals to hit, not just one, because we just talked about that, but having a few different goals to hit and having that structure, yeah. that makes somebody successful. But a template does not. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. It's been a great conversation. Yeah. Nadia, if somebody wanted to uh, reach out to you, how do they find you? They find me on Instagram, <laughs> on Facebook. Where else am I? LinkedIn. But yeah. um, my website would probably be best. So it's nadiasnutrition.com. So N-A-D-I-S nutrition.com. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, I, uh, you will, go DM. <laughs> it will, it will have to be DM. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so my Instagram is, uh, Sean S H A A N underscore Kasim, which is K A S S A M M as in Mary. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm also on YouTube. Um, if you just search my name, uh, if you do go to YouTube, I do have a private Facebook group uh, where I'm giving a bunch of exclusive content that I'm not producing on on any other social media uh, platform. And it's awesome. <laughs> I've seen your reviews and comments. It's yeah, awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, thank you. And I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. wellness plus podcast copyright 2018 target public media llc all rights reserved